Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. We're up here at Ravencrest, Ravencrest Chalet Bible College up here. Estes Park and Pastor Nick is up here teaching uh, the whole week. And so we decided to do our episode from up here. We have come to the end of our uh, journey through First and Second Thessalonians, Paul's letters to the Thessalonians in our series called Upside Down. And, and we finished in chapter 3. Uh, this week, and if you missed it, whitefieldschurch.com, you can go there and download and listen to, to the sermon. And the sermon's called Mind Your Business, and just very, a lot of great stuff in Paul's final um, chapter here to the Thessalonians. But one of the things you were not able to really get to was kind of what, kind of an interesting thing which you kind of made light of a little bit in the, in the sermon on Sunday, but in verse 14 it says, anyone does not obey what we say in regards to, of course, if you do not work, you do not eat. It says there, um, if anyone does not obey what we say um, in this letter, we take note of that person and have nothing to do with them that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as, as a brother. And so kind of we're uh, going to dive a little bit into that idea of church discipline. And uh, so what were your thoughts on that particular verse? Yeah, you know, I mean, in any verse, we want to practice what we call biblical theology, which means we take the whole Bible as our guide, right? So how does this verse fit into what other verses in the Bible say about this topic of church discipline? And it's interesting, he tells them to make that person feel ashamed. Now, some people have taken that uh, in the wrong way. I would argue that they have actually, you know, wanted people to feel a sense of shame. I think Paul does want people to feel a sense of shame, but why, right? He says in this Corinthian letter that the whole purpose of this is not, like there's a difference between godly sorrow and ungodly sorrow. Like godly sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to restoration, and ungodly sorrow doesn't, right? It leads to isolation from God, isolation from people. And so he says, you know, if people are not doing this, they're just just being like disregarding the teaching of the apostles and the teaching of scripture, then it is important that they feel a sense of shame about that. And if they don't feel a sense of shame, well then as the church, we, we should do things to help them realize that what they're doing is not acceptable. We're not in support of it. And sometimes that takes the um, measure of even saying, well, I'm sorry, you cannot be part of this fellowship right now or you can't come unless this unless something changes. Now, this can be taken a lot of wrong ways, right? Like, So we have to differentiate in each of these issues. We need wisdom. Is this a time for church discipline uh, or is this a time for grace? You know, We have to ask these questions in each um, situation. I think one thing that strikes me is that to be separated from the church in Thessalonica, it wasn't like there was another church down the street that they could have gone to. Right? There was one group of believers. Now, some people believe that these churches might have met in a series of house churches around the church. So in theory, they could have left your house church and gone to the other house church, but they were all in communication with each other and they would have, you know, all been on the same page. But what strikes me is just the fact that being uh, outside of that community would have been such a hard thing for these people to cope with that they would have wanted to repent. In other words, they had such a strong community. And I think that is a challenge for uh, us as a church to say, how do we become or how do we live in that? Or how do we, you know, God make us that kind of community? that if someone was not part of it, that they would miss it so much that it would cause them to be like, I really need to rethink my behavior. Um, so yeah, I think those two things are really important. 
Let them feel a sense of shame about it, but don't do it in a vindictive way. Your goal is not to um, treat them as an enemy. Your goal is to treat them as a brother. And what that means is, how do we treat people who are not Christians? Well, we treat them with love and respect, and we seek to win them over for the gospel. And that's the same way we treat somebody who maybe um, you know needs to be uh, the recipient of church discipline, right? That we treat them with love, we treat them with respect and kindness, and yet there has to be some kind of clarity there that says, okay, what you're doing, we've talked to you about it, you know that this is what scripture teaches and you're not in line with that, so we're going to treat you as somebody who's not following Jesus, because in this area you're not. Yeah, like, would that be, you take a Matthew 18 scenario, you know, go to them privately and then so on and so forth? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and one of the things I also... Felt, thought was interesting as Paul was mentioned this idleness is the fact he talks about those who are not basically are not busy about their own work are basically become busybodies. Which, yeah. And it just was interesting to me that idleness, you know, when we're not minding our own business, we are minding other people's business. That there's yeah. like that's kind of what Paul is trying to cut off at the, you know, at the knees is the fact that you know if, if you're not taking care of your what you're supposed to be doing inevitably you're going to be in somebody else's business where you're not yeah. supposed to be being critical being you know talking about gossip and those kind of things which i which i thought was uh, very it leads to something you know it's just not oh well he's not working you know he's not contributing well it's not that he's not only contributing he's probably contributing in a negative way as well yeah and i think this is part of that point that we're part of our design is work part of our design is to be busy about something so if we're not busy about our business, we'll be busy being busy bodies. Yeah. And we'll be busy doing something. I mean, I was just thinking about like hobbies, right? Like think about the things that people invest hobbies into or their time and hobby stuff. They, they put work into that, right? And there's some aspect of that that's creative and being busy. And I think that's part of our design. And it's just that we need to make sure that we're doing the right business uh, with our busy time. <laughs> busy so. time. Yeah, no, definitely great, great stuff in that last chapter as Paul kind of brings it all to a close. And I, now, if you've been with us this whole journey through our uh, series called Upside Down, uh, you know that's been a great time. And uh, it, just these two little letters have had so much to say to us by, about a variety of topics if you've been covering some of the titles of our videos. And uh, just a great time. And we are going to move on into our next series, Pilgrim's Progress, through the uh, books of First and Second Peter. So be looking for those videos in the future. You can find us on Spotify and Google Play and Apple Music and any place that, that uh, you can find podcasts and subscribe and it'll show up in your feed automatically. Also on YouTube, ring that bell and you'll get an email uh, when we do post uh, new stuff. And uh, we just look forward to hearing from you. Post any comments if you might have questions. We'd love to hear from you. love to respond to that. May God bless you.